When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Duke meet, beats Michigan State. 85-76 to advance to the Sweet 16. Duke over Michigan State. Duke's talent took over the game in the last five minutes after they fell down by five late. Paolo Boncaro had a strong layup at the bucket to finally give Duke a lead before he came up with a huge block on the defensive end. He muscled up in that game. Took it inside a couple times. Hit some outside shots, too. Then Jeremy Roach hit a three, and the rest was history for Duke. Coach K advances to the Sweet 16 in his final season. It was Coach K's 99th NCAA tournament win. And joining us now, John John, Duke associate head coach and head coach in waiting, John Shire. Welcome, Coach. Thanks for having me, guys. What's up, John? How you doing this morning, man? I'm doing great. I'm a, it's uh, it's a good time to be with you guys. Great win yesterday, and uh, hoping to keep this thing rolling in San Francisco this week. Good, brother. I, I wanted to ask you just about Jeremy Roach. You know, you've been through this before, uh, being a freshman and playing a guard position. It comes with a lot of weight and a lot of responsibility. And uh, it, sometimes when it clicks, it, you just feel it where you stop being robotic and you start just playing again because now you understand what's expected from you. Do you think Jeremy Roach is at that place in his early career thus far, Duke? Yeah, I, I think, Jay, I think you hit, hit a spot on the head. You know, everybody wants uh, – there's such, uh, such an expectation for any of our guys, or even in this day and age in college basketball, for – instant success and you know where when you go through adversity or failures it's all of a sudden you're not ready or you're not that good and you know with Jeremy he's playing the hardest position he can possibly play and that's playing the point guard position where not only do we need him to score and play make for us but we need him to defend the ball understand time and score and uh, there's a there's a lot there's a lot to think about and he's done a great job of figuring out how to fully follow his instincts while thinking the game, being the connection on the court for us as a coaching staff and for Coach K, and uh, just really proud of him. And, you know, he just – he played his game, and, you know, he hit – Trevor Kills hit a huge shot to tie the game, you know, when we were down three. And then Jeremy's three, like Max was saying, to go up by four was really the clincher and uh, got us great separation in that game. You know, John, you go through so many ups and downs throughout the course of a season, and obviously the North Carolina game was a, was a game that most people would deem as a failure, right? But understanding how we view it internally, like it was such a moment for growth. It was an opportunity, right, because adversity reveals character. It's been interesting to see how the guys have responded since that game with the level of play over the last two games. Is that the right interpretation? Yeah, I mean, we were all disappointed. I mean, clearly, everybody wanted to win win that game. Nobody more than our than our players, and they were disappointed. You know, you, you go through a stretch. The season the season still is long, 
And, you know, we're probably feeling ourselves a little bit. And, you know, I think that definitely woke us up. And then you get to the ACC championship game and Virginia Tech play with more of a sense of urgency than we did and deserved it. And so for us, uh, the amount of big-time games we've been in this year, going all the way back to playing Kentucky first game of the year or Gonzaga or at Ohio State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, I think prepared us for that moment yesterday where we knew what we had to do. Like we had been in a moment where a close game against North Carolina at home, where we're losing to Virginia Tech, and the plays that we didn't make, I can tell you, it's not like we just moved on. You know, we watched a film on all those games. We learned from it and said, when we, when we get in this situation again, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, down five yesterday against Michigan State, our guys really came through with some big-time plays on both ends of the floor. When you look at it, Coach, you, you, win, you win this game against Michigan State. You're moving on to San Francisco, as you mentioned. What was the message after the game in that locker room, letting these young men know that this is a Sweet 16, baby, and we're headed to San Francisco? You know, actually, Keyshawn, the message was just enjoy and be in the moment. And, you know, we're going to get down to business today and talk about Texas Tech. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, one of those few times where after we won, we couldn't even tell our guys who we were playing. So uh, we, we uh, enjoyed it. Uh, the guys had a great time in the locker room. And uh, on the way to the bus heading to, uh, to the plane, uh, we were able to watch the Texas Tech and Notre Dame as a, uh, the game as a team so the guys could get a little bit of a feel. But really just enjoy it, and then we're, we're, we'll make sure we're prepared and ready uh, as, as uh, we get going for Thursday. John Shire, Duke Associate Head Coach, Head Coach in Waiting, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. John, how much – do the players, obviously they're getting asked questions by the media, but how much internally is it discussed that this is Coach K's last season? You know, it, it actually, I think people would be surprised how little it's been discussed. You know, I think the, the most we talked about was probably around the, the last game of the, the season against Carolina. Besides that, we even talked about it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable the numbers that are around Coach K's career. And yesterday, you know, it was his 1,200th win, which is, you know, you got to have 40 seasons of 30, 30 wins a year to, to do that. It's, it's uh, insane numbers. But, you know, there's, there's pressure or something along with each game. I think Coach has done a great job of internally just talking about the team and our players have done the same. Although we know, I mean, there's not there's, – there's plenty of incentive for each one of these games to get a win. And uh, our guys have done a great job of staying focused and – Making sure we're in the moment. How do you feel about? How do you feel, Coach? Talking to Coach John Shire, assistant assistant coach, but coach in waiting, associate head coach, I should say, coach in waiting. He's taking over for Coach K next year. How do you feel heading into the game against Texas Tech? Feel you know, really excited. I mean, you know, I think uh, I mean you look at the second round games, and you know, really, there's very few where. <laughs> blowouts or, or not close games. I mean, you, you look at, especially if you look at the ones, the one and two seeds, I mean, those were, those games were battles. And as you get into Sweet 16 and hopefully we're fortunate enough to move on, I mean, these games, since I've been here at Duke, right, whether it's as a player, whether it's as a coach, these are some of the toughest games. I mean, the Sweet 16 game, because now you're facing somebody who has momentum. Like, everybody now has momentum in the tournament. So, uh, that's a tough thing. And we, we, we already know with Texas Tech, it's going to be a battle. 
they're as good of a defensive team. You know, statistically, they're ranked the best defensive team in the country. Uh, so we know our offense is going to be important. And they, they can hurt you a lot of different ways um, on the offensive end. So we haven't taken a deep dive yet. We're going to get, we're gonna meet today as a staff, put together a great game plan, and make sure uh, we're on the same page, ready to go uh, Thursday night, late Thursday night, very late Thursday night. When, John, so let me ask you this, though. Now that you're the coaching, waiting, associate head coach, have you started cleaning out that locker yet? I mean, not the <laughs> locker, but the office. Have you started wait, wait, boxing wait, wait, wait. things Which up? Which are you talking about? No, the the, 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 the coach's office. Your, your office, have you started, like, packing up, kind of getting ready to slide <laughs> in the Coach K's office? So oh, hell no. Hell no. There, there's no. There's no sliding in. To Coach K's office. I don't know what you're trying to do to me, Keyshawn, right now. But no, <laughs> trying to get is, you in trouble, John. He, that's he's why. got his office. I'm going to have my own office, all right? <laughs> hey, John, I, I did want to ask you, since your title has changed to associate head coach, does that hinder you from giving the young fellas buckets in your two-on-two games that you still play <laughs> with Nolan Smith? Like, are you still allowed to trash talk the same way you used to? How have things changed? You know, I, I told myself when when I got this job, I'm not going to change. And so the trash talk is still there. I may not be able to back it up the same way, Jay, but every blue moon, you know, I'll get out on the floor. Uh, I'll get out I'll get out on the floor more to shoot uh, than I will to play. But every now and then, uh, I think it's important to let them know you can still play a little bit and you can definitely still trash talk. There's no question about that. I love it. Mm-hmm. John Shire. Well, well Jay Will has been back in town and is not – no, uh, come back to one of our games in a long time. I'm so on one leg, John. What are you trying to do to I'm me? A, I'm on one leg. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you, you've been playing. I've seen you play with one leg before, and you're pretty damn good. <laughs> you look yeah. like you could play in the NBA, <laughs> Coach. Jay looked like he could play in the NBA. <laughs> uh, one leg, Coach John Shire, ladies and gentlemen. Team is still alive and thriving, and thriving, and. Man, you, next year you can change the locks. Don't don't be shy, John. You can change the locks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll give that. I'll, I'll think about that a little bit. Thanks, luck, Coach. John. Best of luck. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented <laughs> by Progressive Insurance. Trying to get that man in trouble, Key. No, I just asked if he. Come on, man, Jay. Yeah, I got about. I got about a. What? What? what the final is when? A month away. Yeah. So I got about a month. You don't think he's already starting to box stuff up? Kind of <laughs> start thinking about pictures he's taking down off the wall. No, no, no pictures are coming down <laughs> off the wall. It's staying exactly the way it's always been. All right, let's get back to the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I know that my Browns finally care about winning. That's all we've been about for 20 years, okay? And I'm not here to judge anybody off the field, okay? That's not my business, okay? Joined now by the man himself, Marcus Spears, ESPN football Analyst extraordinaire. Swag! All-around superstar. What's going on, Swagoo? Brethren, what's happening this morning? What up, baby? <laughs> we've, been, we've been on the Deshaun Watson thing a lot of the morning. Obviously, the tournament and, and Duke and everything. But what are your thoughts on, on the Browns trading for Deshaun? Um, it's, a, it's a culmination of a lot of things, man. I mean, 
football perspective, obviously, and, and look, let me get this out here. We human, man. And when you hear analysts or when you hear people talk about this and we, we, we detract from what's going on off the field and we say from a football perspective, that doesn't mean we're not human. That just means we're doing our job. I just feel like that's important because this conversation is going to go on all day. And um, I think it's important to, to identify both, but talk about what we're here to talk about. Um, Cleveland has been struggling to find a quarterback for since I was a uh, 10 years old. Um, up and down franchise, and you understand the, the rush and the urgency to try to get a talent like Deshaun Watson, a quarterback that you think can put you at a championship level. The contract speaks to that. Um, going after him after you have a first-round draft pick in your building speaks to that. And the Cleveland Browns, from a football perspective, are way better than they've been the last 20 years because the, the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands every play is better than any guy they've had in that recent span, and we know what type of team is around him. So that that's, that's why Deshaun is in Cleveland, and his talent as a football player um, is the reason why all of the stuff that's going on outside of football um, gave the Cleveland Browns enough, I guess, energy towards signing him and, and getting rid of their first overall pick that they drafted five years ago. So follow me here, Marcus, now, right? So last time yep. we saw Deshaun a couple years ago, the team that he was on in Houston was in the mm-hmm. playoffs, had an opportunity they lose. Is this team, with, let's assume Deshaun is Deshaun from two seasons ago, this team in Cleveland, does this team in Cleveland put him and them at the top of the AFC? No, Key, you know that. I don't put them at the top of the AFC. Look, as as much as um, we talk about this roster, and you and I have had conversations about how good the roster is on paper. Dude, outside of Baker, they didn't put it together. Um, defensively, you you and I said in the studio week week some weeks and was like, what the hell happened? How did how did Cleveland give up fifty points and forty points with this talent that they have? So it's still a team trying to find, I guess, that winning whatever you want to call it. Just understanding week in and week out. You know that better than anybody um, on this phone and talking about it as a Super Bowl champion. That is just hard as hell to win games. But to start talking about Super Bowls and championships. It takes way more than having a lot of talent. Um, What it does for Cleveland, though, getting Deshaun, is every single Sunday, each player on that team knows that they have an opportunity to win. And I I, I know that they didn't feel that with Baker Mayfield. So that alone, from a mentality standpoint, likens itself to them being a better team. It's, It's absolutely what happened in Los Angeles. Matt Stafford threw a lot of picks. But they also felt like they could win every game with him at quarterback, and they didn't feel like that about Jared Goff. So it could be that type, type of turnaround, but one of the top teams reside in the AFC West. We know that. Marcus, what do you make of what happens to Baker Mayfield after all this? Jay, I don't know, man. I think I think Baker is in like a Carson Wentz situation. Um, now, Carson obviously is a year later because he had – an MVP-type season, and everybody kind of keeps attaching that type of talent to him. But I, I think Baker got a, like a one-year to prove it wherever he ends up. 
And that's another problem. Like, where where does he go? Like, where is he on this tier of guys that's still available? I'm going to take James before him. I'm going to take Matt Ryan if that's a trade that's going to happen. Um, Carolina may be looking for a quarterback. Obviously, they went through the, the, the project of, of Sam Dorner last year. So, I'm, I'm, I've been screaming this man and had a lot of disagreement from people. Some people have agreed. What, what about Baker's talent? Y'all answer this question. What about his talent would make a team jump over the moon to trade away stuff to get him unless they're just in desperation without a guy on the roster? Marcus. And the only team I can identify like that is probably Carolina and Atlanta if the relationship is so bad with Matt Ryan that he wants to get out of there based on them being interested in Deshaun Watson. Outside of that, I think New Orleans is going to fight hard to get Jameis. Um, but I don't know if his talent lends itself to, to give enough a lot to get him, and that may so become he, a problem. Marcus. So he might be in trouble then, Marcus, as far as finding a job because w- about 30 minutes ago we were trying to find a team for him, and we really could find a team. Maybe exactly. Seattle? Maybe Seattle maybe. with a stretch. Maybe. Maybe, Key. Like, maybe. Because to your point, man, like, are you are you one hundred percent sure um, that Baker is going to be an upgrade on your backup? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem that I'm finding. Like outside of teams that I mean, Carolina. But but see, if we keep that we they, keep pointing to Carolina, but as I think about it more and more, Marcus, Sam Darnold was playing good at the beginning of the season with Christian he was McCaffrey solid. was there, so. You know, Christian McCaffrey, I think, Dude, when I he got hurt, derailed Sam Darnold. Yeah, I can't think of a, I can't think of anywhere Baker Mayfield is going that's going to be an upgrade what about, over what you have. What about, like, okay, if the Colts get Jimmy G, that's one thing. But I look, Marcus, do you value it all? Like, when you talk about Carson Wentz, to me, Carson Wentz was folding under pressure too often. Third, you know. Max, I don't understand this one. Max, Max, you are, you right. Right, like we should look at that. Yeah. But what the hell has Baker Mayfield done under pressure? Well, I I think about that's what I'm oh, that's yeah. what I'm asking, Marcus. There are some guys you get yeah. a, you get a feel for. You think I think he can handle the pressure. I am higher on Baker, and by that I, I thought he should have taken a middle class contract. You know, if it guaranteed mm-hmm. him low twenties, it would have worked out for everyone—the Browns, him, everyone, right? But he didn't. Right, but I'm right. higher on him in the sense that I'm getting the feeling. I think about that Lamar Jackson game he lost when Lamar came out of the bathroom and won the game. But Baker drove him down the field. Yeah. I've seen instances where I'm like, huh, this dude does not seem to have the Carson Wentz yips under pressure to me. What about that as a package? Do you believe he could be a successful starting quarterback outside of Cleveland? Well, 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 you make a great point with with that because ultimately we know he's going to need a, a a run game and an offensive line to be the focal point. And I'm not sure if you win in a Super Bowl like that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is, yo, you, you can set it up that way, but are you going to beat Herbert or Mahomes or Russell Wilson now or Deshaun <laughs> in Cleveland or Lamar in Baltimore? Like, So if you Indy and you go get Baker Mayfield, the real question you got to ask yourself is, are we better than we were last year? No. You're not. Phillip Rivers was your last best option. That's why I said when all of this was talk, all of the talk about Deshaun was going down, Matt Ryan should be clamoring to get the ending because I think Matt Ryan can 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 push them in the playoffs right. and get them to where they need to be with a supporting cast. But I don't I don't think that about Baker. 
Prove me wrong. I've been asking this, asking them to prove me wrong for a, a number of years, though. <laughs> Marcus Spears, ESPN football analyst and former NFL player, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and my homeboy from NFL Live. Now that the Raiders yes, have sir. gotten, now that the Raiders have gotten their hands on Aaron Rodgers, I guess it was his favorite target when he was in Green Bay, Devontae Adams. <laughs> are the Raiders Super Bowl contenders now, and are the Green Bay Packers? trying to fight just to get a playoff spot. Ah, Gio, on the Raiders, Super Bowl contenders, ah, surpri- I hope they surprise me. I want them to be good because I just want that division to be what we all think it's going to be. Um, the t- from an offensive standpoint, yes, I do. With Waller, Devontae, and Hunter Renfro, and people forget that Josh Jacobs is a really good back and the Raiders run the football. And McDaniels, yeah, they got a shot. Defensively on that back end, though, key is what I gotta. I, I still, I still gotta see as yeah. we go. They done and signed about nine Bay, DBs. Man, yeah. Huh? I said they done signed about nine DBs in free agency. I know, I know, I know. We gotta find out what the DBs gonna do though. And I and, and look, when you talk about the pressure up front now with with them bringing in Chandler and Max Crosby, obviously we know that's gonna help. But they damn near led the league in pressure last year and still gave up a lot on that back end. So we'll see where that go. I do believe that they will be in in the mix in that division. So I guess if if, if that's saying that, that that'll make them Super Bowl contenders, I'll answer your question with a yes. And then on the other end, man, yeah, Green Bay is the Super Bowl contender. They got Aaron. Listen, man, as, as hard as I am on Aaron, because I think, I think he's a, a, a selfish guy um, ultimately, and we, we, we get over that because he plays football so well. Um, but also, I ain't never threw shade at Aaron Rodgers' game. Um, and they, they, they'll they find some receivers, and he'll make those guys better than they probably are at that point if, if it's a rookie in the draft or if you find someone in free agency. And, and Green Bay did some good things defensively, man, getting Devondre Campbell back, re-signing Preston, um, expect, re-signing Rasul Douglas. Still a really good football team. They just locked Tanya up. Him and Aaron was building the rapport. So I, I'm not going to have Green Bay out of contention in the Super Bowl. And crazy as this sounds, Keith, the, the question is, what is Aaron going to be when he gets to the playoffs? Is it time for us to start ask, asking that question yet? Or are we just going to continue to 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 just dismiss his struggles in the playoffs at times? Thank you, Marcus Spears. In the Thank you. Someone else is talking about it. Just got beat by Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone's talking about, you know, Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl, I think. Can can Aaron Rodgers do it again? The great Marcus Spears, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Swagoo. All right, buddy. All right, my brothers. Y'all take care, man. All right, brother. The story of March Madness. Who's already had a March Madness that's already had two shining moments? It's unbelievable, this guy. Is he about to have at least one more? This coach is the story of the whole thing so far. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. It rattled around and down for Doug Adder. There's the answer on the other end. St. Peter's back up five. I got guys from New Jersey and New York City. You think we scared of anything? Did you think we read about guys trying to muscle us and top us out? This is ESPN Radio. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers say play ESPN. We pop right up. Download the podcast, the app, one app, one tap, ESPN app. And we are joined now by the man of the moment. There are some coaches, you hear them talk, and you think, oh, yeah, if I played, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's head coach. Good morning, coach. Good morning, good morning, good morning, fellas. What's going on? What's up, Shaheen? How you doing, brother? Long days back from playing in Jersey, man. Yes, sir. What's up, Jay? How you been, brother? I'm doing Jersey good. legend right there. Oh, come on, man. It takes one to know one. I know you're from the city, too, but I-, I wanted to kick things off. Just tell me how it feels, Shaheen, to be in this position to get St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. You know what? It's a, you know, it's a surreal feeling right now. I have to tell you the truth, man. Um, I just, I'm so happy for the, you know, my team. These guys work so hard. Just happy for the community. Happy for Jersey City and then, you know, for the state of New Jersey, man. This is a, a great time for everybody to be, to, to be pulling for a good story. And right now, this is a good story. So what does it mean for the school, Coach, the Sweet 16 run? It means everything. You know, th- you know, this is a small school, you know, enrollment, probably in down enrollment, like, I don't know, maybe 2,500 kids. You know, obviously with the pandemic, everything, the last couple of years, things not been going great. And for us to have this and get this, you know, this shine that we get right now, it, it brings so much light on the school, and hopefully, you can help them in the long run. I heard you in your post presser say, "Man, y'all ain't scared of nothing from that Jersey, New York, right? You got them kids ready to go." I was gonna say to you, Shaheen, on the side note, man, come get some of these West Coast kids, and you know, it'll it, it'll be real well, easy well, then. <laughs> well, Keyshawn, help me, help me out, Key. Yeah, nah, you got I, the pull. Hey, Shaheen, I can't help you out. We got to go through some of the other people. You know what I'm talking about to get that done yes, for sir. you. Um, <laughs> no, look, yes, so, yes, so how does it feel, though, to be, you know, part of the last two teams from Jersey to make it to the Sweet 16? You know what? As a player, you know, it felt great. 
I'm going to tell you the truth, it felt great because it was, you know, it was it was a long journey for me to get there. Um, as a coach, you know what? I'm like I'm, I'm a different type of coach. Some coaches want to shine. Like this is about my players. Yeah. Like I want them to enjoy this experience, and this is something that they're going to cherish for the rest of their life. You know, I got a bunch of guys that really didn't get recruited, right? So for them to be in this position and to be playing on this stage right now is is big time. Coach, I love the mentality of you know you can make mistakes on offense, you get playing time. You know, if you play defense, I love it, and it's that kind of um, that kind of uh, ethos that you obviously instill in your team that 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 makes them easy to root for. What are your early thoughts on your matchup with Purdue Friday night? You know, I watched them last night. I was like, "Geez, these guys are monsters." You know, they got you know they got some big guys down low, but you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, you guys are all sports guys. You know, everybody's seen this. You know, you just got to go out there and just play. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Like, I don't, you know, I, I tell my guys, don't look at the name on the front of the jersey. Just go out there and ball. And at the end of the day, if we play defense the way we capable of playing and, you know, make shots, at, you know, we're we going to have a chance. And I see what happened, man. That's, like, I'm just ready to play. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, this whole week hmm. is going to be a bunch of hoopla. I just want these guys focusing, ready to hoop. That's it. Facts. It all, it all depends on how you guys handle distractions. Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's head coach, the third 15 seed to advance to the Sweet 16 in tournament history, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Shaw, I have to ask you, is there anything that your team can learn from the last two 15 seeds that got this far as you guys to try to become the first 15 seed ever to get to an Elite Eight? That's a good question, Jay. You know what? You know, I'm a student of the game. I watch a lot of basketball. You know, I just tell my guys, Last night, you know, like all we got to do is just continue to keep doing what we were doing, right? Don't get caught up in the moment. You know, don't get caught up in all this other stuff. All this, right now, all the social media and everybody coming at you guys from uh, NLI standpoint and this, that, and this. Just focus on the goal. The, the goal was to go win two games. We did that. Now, the goal right now is to go try to beat Purdue. That's it. Don't look ahead. Just worry about right this second, right now. And, you know, you look at a lot of teams, and I think the teams in the past – kind of was happy just to be there. Like, I'm not happy to be here. I'm trying to win, man. Like, we're trying to win, period. So I'm not sure if you know this, Shaheen, but Kevin Willard was named the head coach of Maryland this morning. And I guess that leads to, yeah, how do you continue to focus on the Sweet 16 run with all the rumors circulating around the connectivity to Seton Hall? Well, well, first of all, congrats for him, man. He deserved it, man. You know, coaches coaches did an unbelievable job at Seton Hall. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, You know what, Jay? I'll be honest with you. I'm not – I'm not focused on that right now. I'm just focused on trying to get these guys ready and prepared. You know, all, all that stuff is, is stuff that, like I said, that's going to distract us and take away from what's important. And what's important is these young gentlemen have an opportunity to do something that they never did in their life and go out there and just try to shock the world again. Sha, I, I understand. I know you're a competitor. Or you want to win at everything you do. But I have to ask, did you ever see yourself being the head coach for Seton Hall one day? <laughs> Yeah, you really going? <laughs> I got to ask, Sean, come on, you my man. You, I've seen you there. You're one of the reasons I always went to school there. I'm just trying to say. I mean, I have to ask. Well, you know what? I mean, obviously, you know, that's a great job. You know, obviously, you know, I went there. You know, I hope, you know, I was a, I was a part of help building it back to where it is. You know I mean? That's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, if I could have an opportunity one day to be the coach there, that would be great. Absolutely. I'm not going to sit there and say no. Like, it would like, be awesome. I'm coming to game. I'm coming to games regardless, though. St. Peter's, Seton Hall, don't matter where the hell you are, I'm coming. And I got a footer for you. I got a footer for you. Yeah, I got a footer. Seven two. Seven two to like, shoot Keith, from the arc. Keith, don't tell me that if it's not true, man. Come on, <laughs> man. don't do that to me. Man. <laughs>
congrats to you on everything. Seriously, man. Send him a bit no, of outside you guys, shot. Thank you guys for having me on the show, man. You guys do, you guys do a great job. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Holloway, keep doing it, coach. Fun to watch. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you guys so morning. much, man. All right, brother. Jay, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Always, man. Always, yeah. We are All back. Right. Take care, fellas. Thanks. Thank coach. you. We are back in less than two minutes. Plus, is Deshaun Watson... Was that move even the biggest, just on the field, the football of it all, is that the biggest impact move even of this offseason in that division for this upcoming year? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Guys, you know, sad news. Longtime NFL insider John Clayton passed away Friday. He passed at the age of 67. Not nearly old enough. After a brief illness, he was one of the first insiders and worked at ESPN for more than two decades. Uh, he's going to be remembered, John Clayton, among other things. But people, you know, the first thing people started saying on social media and stuff was he's in the greatest sports center commercial maybe of all time, right? Um, uh, it's sad news, Key. No, it is. And it, 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 you know, as I started thinking about it, obviously I had a lot of interaction with him working on Countdown, him covering me when I played in the league. Uh, always nice. I mean, it was he could get anything from me because he was always cool dude. But the sports in a commercial, God, I can't help but to laugh thinking about it. Sitting in his bedroom, his mom staying at home with his mother. Mom, because <laughs> <laughs> you can envision like you know all those weird shows and stuff I watch. People like living with their mom, playing loud music like. 40-something years old. It it starts when he's doing a hit, and you wouldn't know it. It looks like he's just on TV doing a hit. And then the camera pulls out, right? You see him with, like, a breakaway fake suit. (laughs) Takes out a ponytail, the whole thing. Well, I'm also laughing because, like, that's that's how a lot of people, we all ended up doing work during the pandemic, right? So it's like, I don't know. I just, you know, look, things like this always put life into perspective, Um you know, younger guy, a lot of life to be left, to be lived, and uh, just his impact, his imprint on sports. Uh, that voice is something I will always hear, and just want to say, you know, thank you for everything he's given the game and given life. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. There are some people who you will immediately, it'll bring you back to days watching ESPN. Right? We all grew, whole generation Absolutely. grew up on this stuff, and and uh, he's one of those guys. No, he's a big time. You know. Uh, covered us a lot especially like when we play up in Seattle and stuff like that it's just 
having worked with him and worked with him closely, it's just, you know, I could I could see John's face. I could hear his voice. I could see my phone ring when he wants some inside scoop on what I think about a team or a player that we're getting ready to play against. Key, um, so, Key are you still talking? Yeah, no, I'm oh, sorry. I thought I thought you cut out for a second. What I was it like? We, we have like 20 seconds. So I was like, what was it like working with him? But but you hear nothing but but good things about John Clayton and obviously a big hit with the fans and not to reduce them to the sports center commercial and start out with that. Obviously, his entire life. That's what is on a lot of people's minds, brought a lot of people a lot of joy. And it's a very sad passing at the way too early age of 67. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I know that my Browns finally care about winning. That's all we've been about for 20 years, okay? And I'm not here to judge anybody off the field, okay? That's not my business, okay? Want to produce the show? Go to KJ and Max on Twitter and choose your own adventure by voting for our 945 topic. I'm Keyshawn Johnson, and I officially approve this message. So, this is your time to, uh, your chance to produce the show. Boom, boom, boom. You can vote, see what we talk about in the final segment of the show. LeBron's milestone game passed Carl Malone for second place all-time NBA scoring list. 8% of the vote. Best college coaches, a touch under 19% of the vote. Barkley motivates Miami. He's going to take his shirt off. (laughs) A little over 21% of the vote. And in a landslide, not just the plurality, meaning the biggest vote getter, but the majority, meaning over 50% of the vote, AFC North moves 52%. So that got us thinking, which move will have the biggest impact on the 2022 season? Listen to the question carefully. We don't know what Deshaun Watson's, what the discipline of the league is going to be. For Deshaun Watson, I imagine he's not going to miss fewer than six games. So 11 games of Deshaun, plus Amari Cooper. The Bengals got Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins for that offensive line. The Steelers picked up quarterback Mitch Trubisky. And the Ravens got safety Marcus Williams. Key, biggest impact on the just limit the scope of this conversation to the 2022 season. I would say it's the Browns, the Browns, right? You you think about the the Mari Cooper trade, the Deshaun Watson trade. If you figure, Max, you said what did you say? Six games he could. Yeah, I'm figuring he misses six. Okay, so you figure they give him eleven or eight or whatever, and then they eight and they get knocked down, down to six, six right. whatever the case may be. If they can go three and three with Baker Mayfield. I know damn well they can go three and three with Jacoby Brissett. So if you're at least three and three, five hundred, right, and you get him back, and he's Deshaun Watson from two year, two seasons ago, you figure he's going to play in the preseason. He's going to take a lot of the reps in the preseason to get him ready to go. Um, and Amari Cooper, they, 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 I put him at the top of the leaderboard in the division. But now, Jay, I hear what at he the, is at saying. the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, the Browns. To me, yeah, to me, they, they're better with Deshaun Watson than the Cincinnati Bengals, even though Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. They're better to me than the Baltimore Ravens. 
and they're better than me than the Pittsburgh yeah, I don't Saints. know if I'd rather have Deshaun or, or Joe Burrow. I, I think they both have that some of that yeah, same big you, time. You in the prison of the moment, though. Maybe. That's all I'm Maybe, say. but it's quite a moment. Greatest national title game of all time. And then the next time he's healthy, he's walking into the Super Bowl in a mink coat and comes one throw away from winning the whole thing. Like, but he, here's the thing, Jay. I look at this division. It is brutal. Like, Slam you, know, you know, look, Mike Tom is not about to go out and be sub 500. So the, so the Steelers with Trubisky are going to compete week in and week out. You're playing each of these teams twice, twice a season. The Ravens, when they get all their players back healthy, really healthy plus exactly. Lamar is a whole lot of. The Bengals just went to the Super Bowl and they made the, their Achilles heel, their offensive line better. And the Brown, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, I'd say two and four is optimistic if he misses six games Man. in his absence. See, but Jay, two and four is just Max, one game different from your prediction, Key. But I know, I know. But Max, Jay, you, you talk about Cleveland, the running game is tight. Yeah, that's true. Okay, OBJ oh, wasn't my. there. Yeah. Landry wasn't really there. Higgins left in free agency. Amari Cooper becomes the alpha dog. And I think many people around the NFL would still believe it still would have Amari Cooper as a 1A wide receiver. Yeah. At least I would. And Case and Keenum he, looked decent. Went like he did the same thing Baker did when he was in. And yeah, Jacoby basically. Brissett has kept Miami in, in a lot yeah, of yeah, games. So all, yeah. all I would say is I hear everybody on the projections, and it seems like it makes sense. But until I actually see the schedule – I can't realistically tell you what I would expect for them to go six games without Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I know. Their we don't know what the punishment is. I'm sure trying to. Go ahead. The defense needs to shore up, but they got a lot. Man, I'm, Cleveland going Cleveland gonna to be all right, I think. I think they're going to be okay. I just do. And, and, no, we don't know what the punishment is going to be. We just speculating that based on the history in things, and we look at what they did with Ben Roethlisberger's situation, how they gave him six that was count down to four. Obviously, Deshaun Watson has more um, accusations against him than, than Ben did. So we figure, okay, well, maybe they give him eight. Maybe they give him ten. But you just figure out what that is and hypothetically assume that that's what it's going to be. Right. We're trying to come up with some kind of realistic – at this point, kind of thumbnail sketch of what that division might look like. I, the more I look at it. Wait, Max, are you still? Because uh, I remember <laughs> when Pittsburgh made the deal for Mitchell Trubisky, and I was on the show saying, I don't know how I feel about this. It doesn't really put them in a attacking position. And you were like, oh, I think they're going to be okay. Do you still think they're going to be okay? I think they're going to be okay. I will say this, just because Tomlin just competes, right? The Pittsburgh defense, I think Trubisky could do well enough that – I would pencil him in for nine wins early on. I just don't think – I don't see Tomlin going – he's never been under five. He, he, with Mason Rudolph, he yeah, went eight and eight. But, y'all underestimate Mitch Trubisky. Based yeah, yeah, and I think Mitch Trubisky's decent. But my point is this. I do understand Jay's point, Key, which is when the quarterbacks in the conference were a comebacking Ravens with Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, who didn't have an offensive line, you know, Baker Mayfield without Odell or Landry – then Mitchell Trubisky looked good to me. I thought that was a strong move. Now, all of a sudden, Lamar and them are getting healthy. Joe Burrow got his old line protection. Uh, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson instead of Baker Mayfield, suddenly that move does not look as strong to me. See, but it, it's still strong, but it's strong for Pittsburgh. It may not be strong for the overall Super Bowl potential, but it's strong for Pittsburgh because they had no other options. Mason they, they, Rudolph, I agree, but they're the four. Well, Jimmy G, maybe, but they're four out of four in the division in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah, four out of the four in the AFC North. I guess the question if, is, if you, you think took Mitchell Pittsburgh should... and dropped them in the NFC, 
we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? We would be like, yeah. Pittsburgh's one of the top five teams. You, you, you think Pittsburgh's one of the top five teams in the AFC? NFC, NFC. Oh, NFC. Oh, oh, if they were in the NFC. Oh, if right. they, they in other were in words, the NFC. I, I, I appreciate what okay. Key is saying. In other words, like, you can compare it to the division. But basically, if he's speaking Parcellian right now, Jay, basically <laughs> guys who see it up close and know what they're looking at, they don't get too caught up in the hype. If a quarterback can do what the coach needs him to do, you can compete. And you don't worry about anyone else. You worry about yourself. I hear that. I still would downgrade the move based on what the rest of the division looks like at this moment. I hear you, and I get if they were in the NFC, but they're in the AFC. So, like, it's like North. <laughs> that's but that's, that's a just gambit. like saying the AFC West. Though some people got Denver high. Denver Denver might have the fourth best quarterback in the division, especially awesome. now that Derek Carr just acquired Devontae Adams. What's the tougher division, North or West, in the AFC? Oof. That's. That's no joke. I'm thinking. You know, it's funny I'm that not, the, I would probably, probably say the, the North just because of Pittsburgh. No, I would say I would say the AFC West. You know what's crazy, Key the and Jay division, about that? The harder division. Yeah. You know why? Yeah, oh, I, say, oh, yeah, I meant to say the AFC North is the easier division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when of the, Pittsburgh. When the West got Chandler Jones to go with Max Crosby, right? Then you're like, that tells you something about what's really going on. Like, we need to load Ooh, I up. Forgot it. Ooh, I forgot about that because we're, yeah. we're talking about the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I forgot about the Chandler Jones <laughs> and Max Crosby. Oh, that's going to be a problem. And they, and they went out and signed like 100 DBs to shore up their secondary. They're like signing defensive backs every other day. Do you know the emphasis on pass rushers that's going to be in that division? It's just, it's. I guess I would say and the Denver West. Got, Denver got uh, 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 Randy Gregory. Yep. From the Cowboys. Yep. Denver's loaded up, too. I, I think I agree with you. I put West 1, North 2. And I'm just saying the, the North got is North, Mac. North just sent a team to the Super Bowl. Got another team in, in yeah, the Ravens where was, if they were healthy, that, maybe they would have gone. I don't mean the poo-poo Cincinnati Super Bowl, but that that's one of them deals where I don't think that that's sustainable right now. What's Why that? Just me. I just Why not? don't. Why not? I don't know. With I don't know. I just, it just feels like everything hit at the right time for them. Oh, I, got, I mean, Joe Burrow ain't. <laughs> Joe Burrow's trying to do it every year to me. But I could be wrong. J. Will and Max. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're back tomorrow, 10, uh, sorry, 6 a.m. Eastern. Mike Greenberg coming up right now, 10 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.